it's Lucy Litch, and this is Tiny House Conversations. It's the Australian-based podcast where I interview experienced tiny houses, tiny builders, and adventurers in the tiny world, so you can discover how to create, build, and transition into tiny life. Welcome back to Tiny House Conversations. Today I'm speaking with Lisa Tranter, an experienced tiny house dweller who lives with her partner Matt in their strikingly beautiful DIY tiny home in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales. Lisa dreamt of owning and living in a tiny house for a few years before meeting Matt, who quickly came on board after seeing how creative you can be designing a small space. And Matt just happened to be a bathroom and kitchen renovation specialist. What a great person to meet if you're dreaming of living in a tiny home, right? So Lisa and Matt are tiny living and builder enthusiasts. They built their first tiny home in 2018 and currently have plans to develop concept shipping container homes to allow more people to experience small space living and to expand the public awareness of tiny homes. And in this episode, we talked about the types of materials Lisa and Matt used in their tiny build and where they source their materials from, what they do for heating, cooling and storage in their tiny home. We also talked about some non-negotiable features that were important for them to include in their home, what living in a tiny house has done for their relationship, the challenges of living in a small space and much more. Now let's go hang out with Lisa. Welcome back to Tiny House Conversations. And Lisa, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you. Uh, So, you know, you currently live in a beautiful tiny home with your partner, Matt, in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales. And I'd love if we're able to start by having you, you know, take us back to where your tiny house story really started and What inspired you both to want to build a tiny house together? Yeah, so uh, it all kind of started with me. I was um, living at home with my parents. I didn't really want to live with them forever, but the housing market was just a bit too much for one single person to kind of cope with. So I found tiny houses and started looking them up and um, sort of following the movement a bit following YouTube videos and um, some of the stuff that they put on in America. I think there's a couple of shows over there that they put up. Um, And I just started following that on Instagram, Facebook, things like that. And then when I met Matt, our first date was virtually me nonstop talking about tiny houses and how I wanted to build one or at least buy one. Six months after we started dating, he's just like, let's build a tiny house I'm like okay cool uh where do we start and he goes well there's this cool block of land I'm like cool um we looked at that and we purchased it and then yeah it all came together from there bought the trailer started looking at materials and what we sort of wanted it to look like and how it wanted to be visually and then we sort of got into the um nitty-gritty of how it's going to be laid out, what's important to either of us, and we started designing from there. Wow, I love that. And 
I feel like it's a common story where you know a lot of people seem to turn to this idea of living in a tiny house or building a tiny house as an alternative way of you know something that's way more cost effective than you know the traditional route of getting a mortgage and a regular home and and all those types of things and so yeah it's it's really nice to know that this way um, is available for a lot of people and you know even better in like you know meeting someone like Matt as you say uh, because I know that he's got a business in bathroom and kitchen renovation. So that's pretty handy to kind of, you know, want to have this dream of a tiny home and then you meet someone that kind of has these really transferable skills. And I'm wondering what, because you did your house as a DIY build, I'm wondering what that process was like for you both and, and how long did the build take? Yeah, so definitely handy having Matt with the skills he does as I have zero building skills. Um, so the I guess the DIY side of things is he had sort of an idea in mind or a structural engineering idea in, my, in his mind about how it was all going to come together. Um, we sat and debated on whether we do a steel frame or a wooden frame, eventually sort of agreeing on the wooden frame um, purely because that's what he's worked with in the past. Um, it's easy to get and should we do need to change anything in the framing section of the build we were able to really easily with the wooden frame whereas with steel or metal framing um if we wanted to change something that was harder to do then we sort of went through a design for the interior sort of focusing on the things that were important to the two of us and sort of agreeing on what materials we wanted to use once that design was complete we wanted wood we wanted matt wanted marble um, we wanted a real bathroom with tiles. We wanted to avoid anything that was going to have a lot of wear and tear because the intent was for this house to last a long time. And I think also you mentioned with the going with the wooden frame uh, versus the seal. So I guess the other thing would be is that it's a, it's lighter. So having to, to kind of come under the or within the weight restrictions of the tiny house and all of that, I, that's a, another I think positive aspect of that too, because it seems to be at least from the research that I've done and speaking to different people and and what's out there online, it seems to be more common that people are doing um, using the wooden frames. I think, and um, in terms of the materials you were talking about, you know, did you source all new materials? Were there any salvage materials that you use? Yeah, we tried to salvage as much as we could. Um, because everything had to be custom made to fit into the house, it was tricky to find stuff though. So kitchen cabinets, those sorts of things you couldn't do. Um, like the stairs needed to be custom built. The um, Most of the bathroom needed to be custom built. We did manage to our entire floor minus the tiles was recycled timber from an old factory in Redfern. Um, mm-hmm. There was a guy down in Picton, Camden area, who basically just pulled up old floors out of factory units and houses and um, yeah, pretty much anything old. And so you went into his um, yard and there was just wood, all kinds of wood. There was big 
sleepers, which would have been awesome, um, giant railway sleepers. He had wood from flooring, all different types, hardwood, pine, whatever. And, yeah, we managed to salvage, I think there was 15 square metres of that or more. It was huge. There was a huge amount. So we managed to use all of that in the house and then our shelving, which is on the walls, um, the treads for the stairs, that's all the same wood. There was a lot of it. Yeah, that's amazing. What size is your home? So we have roughly 22 square metres on the ground floor and then we have 16 square metres in loft space, give or take. Um, So it's quite large in terms of square footage. Our length is nine meters um and that's because the front of the house is over the draw bar we sort of built with the intention of not moving the house at all or if we did it would only move a short distance um and we would still need professionals to come and help us tiny houses aren't great travelers so um, (laughs) even if they're sort of built for that they're not really meant to go too far so we were a little bit more generous with our size purely because we purchased the land that we wanted to put it on and we were not really intending on moving it too far if at all yeah absolutely I think it's um because it seems to be one of on the larger end of some of the other tiny houses but I mean it makes sense if you're going to stay there for a long period of time and having that little bit of extra space and I know that your loft height is quite functional too because it allows you to be able to actually stand up on your loft which I think not every tiny home does that and I think that that's a a really good feature and and a good thing to think about it long term too especially people are a little bit older or is it getting or is it aging or even just for long-term health um definitely Matt and I both have they're not major issue health issues but you know, we get sore. Um, exactly. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> stooping down and crawling into bed every day just wasn't really appealing to us. And because we were in the position where we are, where we can we purchased our land and stuff, we were able to be not only generous with the length of our house, but a little bit more generous with the height of our house as well. Yeah. So. Oh, that's that's great. And are you guys on or off the grid? We are currently on the grid. There's a few little design flaws that prevented us going off grid um, and that's the five skylights currently on the roof and the smaller footprint. So we had intended on doing solar and rainwater catchment as well for at least grey water toilets and like the laundry and things like that. Solar panels wouldn't obviously fit on the roof either so we haven't been able to go with solar yet either. Um, but we have recently put a awning over our shipping container, which has some storage in it, and we have put a proper roof over the veranda, so it's more like a patio now. So we are looking at getting some nice big rainwater tanks and putting solar panels on there. Matt collects classic cars, and um, he did intend on actually having a garage for them at some stage. So I think when we did when he decided that he wanted five skylights in the roof and to go off grid, the intention was to put solar panels elsewhere. So yeah. he also liked the idea of those solar panels that opened like a flower and he thought, oh, we can get a couple of those. And then after research, we realised they were ridiculously expensive. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there is different options for solar, as you say. I know you, there's also options of having like trailers. Some tiny house building companies have actual whole trailers where you can have quite a lot of solar panels that are external from the home. And uh, I think also it would be really beautiful that to have those skylights. I know just having one skylight is beautiful. So uh, I'm wondering, you know, what do you guys do in the winter for heating and then cooling in the summer? Yeah, so we have, for heating, we have a small combustion fireplace. It's fabulously designed. It's deep enough and tall enough that you can fit full-size logs in, um, but you can only maybe put one and a half, two in at a time. We're really fortunate that we have a lot of hardwood around us, so we can they last a long time, which is great, um, and that heats up the house so quickly. Ten minutes of that going full blast and it's the the house is almost too hot for summer we have an air conditioner which because we went with a black exterior um does work it's bum off (laughs) it works hard um however we did invest in um a lot of insulation so when we did decide on going with the black color bond we did put extra insulation through the house um and we put blinds on all of the windows as well and we went with a honeycomb blind so you've got the two air pockets one on the inside and one on the outside and so when the heat hits the window um it kind of gets trapped in those blinds and keeps the house really cool we've noticed a huge difference since installing those um how quickly firstly the house cools down um in summer the house doesn't get nearly as heat soaked with with them on um, and then we put them on the skylights as well so it's made a huge difference keeping both the heat in in winter not that it gets very hot very cold here and in summer keeping the cool air in yeah absolutely because you think I guess especially in a small space that it could things could heat up quite quickly if you've got that direct sun and and all of that too and um and also because you're in the mountains would love to know what were some of the non-negotiable features that you wanted to include in your home Um, and do you have a favorite feature of your home yeah so non-negotiables was a full working kitchen for me um, coming from a one-bedroom flat that didn't have a kitchen at all so that was a non-negotiable for me I wanted oven stove the whole thing and then for Matt a non-negotiable was an ice bathroom and um, standing height in the bedroom. I agree. I agree with all of that. And I feel like that's going to be very similar for me too. I think it's, it's important to, from what, from what I've heard, because I'm, my tiny house isn't going to be built until later this year, but from what I've heard, a lot of people say, and, and just from asking different people, it's like, you know, think about those things that are really important to you and, and you know, what do you value the most and where are you going to spend most of your time if you're in the home and all of those kinds of things and, and see if you can and build your design around that. So that's cool that you, you're able to, to kind of compromise and put in, you know, what was really important for both of you. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, and, yeah, do you have a favourite feature or aspect of your home or something that you really yeah. love? I really love all of the windows. Mm -hmm. Um, I think 
in a small space, not only do you have to sort of think about what's important in terms of design and what you're actually going to use versus what you think you might use, but having in a being in a small space like this, you need to take into account how it's going to make you feel if you are stuck inside, say, for three days in rain. So having as many windows as we have, I think, makes a huge difference because on a wet, horrible day, you can open up all the blinds and you still get a lot of light. And then on a, a really nice day, I'll open up all the doors and all the windows and it feels less like a tiny house and more just a house with a big outdoor space. They suck in summer when it gets really hot because <laughs> they have to heat up very quickly, hence the honeycomb blinds. But on a really beautiful day when it's not super hot, it's awesome. It's probably my favourite feature. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I think it would be a matter of also it's like it brings the outside in too. So you're, because you're in such a, a nice space where you're parked and then you, know, you can see the trees and the sky and all of that and then to be able to to have that through the windows and then, you know, also being in a small space kind of forces you to to be outside a bit more anyway. And um, what it, what are you guys doing for storage in your home? Yeah, so we have a fair bit of storage actually inside the house. Under the bed, there's a load of storage. We both have individual wardrobes, the stairs are storage, but there's only so much that you can kind of store in there. You kind of only store everyday regular household items. Um, we have our laundry, which is exterior to the house, which stores, that's got a lot of our recycling and our bins and our laundry goods. But we also have a shipping container as well, which is storage basically for all the stuff that doesn't fit in a tiny house, but you still need. So I've got horses. So all my horse gear is in there. We both enjoy snow sports. So snowboards, skis, all that sort of stuff is in there. Gardening equipment, mowers, whippersnippers, all that sort of stuff is stored in that container because it's just not going to fit in the house and we don't really want it in the house as well. Like you don't want it to be too cluttered with all your other bits and bobs. Yeah, for sure. Someone that I spoke to recently um, kind of made the the joke of tiny house, big shed for all the other things that you store, like even tools and all the stuff that you're talking about too. I think it's really <laughs> cool actually to be able to, you know, if you've got, especially if you've got the space, is like you have your tiny home and then you can build other things around it that can be functional for storage and um, even like an entertainment area like on a deck and, and those types of things too. So, yeah. Everyone has their hobbies and if you want to go really tiny, you still have to take them into consideration. So you either mm. have storage elsewhere or you try and fit them into your tiny and you're either going to love that or you're absolutely going to hate it because it ends up too cluttered. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. And just going back to your build, so I'm wondering, you know, what was one of the biggest struggles during the building process? Yeah, so the biggest struggle the Matt and his guys had was bracing the house. One of the things that we kind of regret doing is having the big double doors at one end of the house. Um, they are, I think they're eight foot. And because there is when you're framing and you're trying to brace the house before you put any cladding on the outside or gibbrook on the inside, 
because there's a huge section of the house that wasn't actually being braced at all because there was a door that was intending on being there. Um, there was a lot of movement and they were a little bit worried about how it would withstand any kind of like severe force, wind being the main one in our where we are. We are. Um, we tend to get hit with some pretty heavy winds if it's coming from the west. So they had a lot of difficulty bracing because of that door. But once they got the cladding on the outside, it ended up holding it all together really, really well. So we, we don't really have any movement at all, even in strong winds now. But it was a concern at the time, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's great to hear um, that, yeah, it's all it's all worked out. And no, I'm wondering as well, what was the overall cost of your home? So we never actually, like all the bills got paid, obviously, but we never actually sort of sat down and worked it all out. But thankfully, we got a lot of stuff through um, Matt's business. He was able to use a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily, that was left over from other jobs that he's done. Um, so that sort of kept us our budget down a little bit. And because we did a lot of the labour ourselves, whether Matt was here on his own doing the work or we had friends or family coming to help, um, we kept the cost down a little bit as well. But we estimate we spent 90000 or around that. So you yeah. built something really, really beautiful and modern. and Yeah. I think we were probably on the more expensive end of the market, particularly for a DIY because you can buy virtually a tiny house off the shelf for less than what we did to build it um, with a lot of the fittings and fixtures already done and dusted and in and secure and things like that. So I think we're on the more expensive side, but for the the quality that we put into it, like our kitchen was custom built by a kitchen cabinet guy. We've got a marble, well, fake marble, but marble bench top. We've got our bathrooms fully tiled. Um, we've got fireplaces and everything sort of built in, so it the quality's right up there. Basically, you're living in a, a normal house, and for quality, it's just smaller. Yeah, definitely. I think it, there is a range of different prices of DIYs, isn't there? Because I have seen some people, you know, depending on how much they did themselves, what kind of materials they're using, if they, you know, outsourced any of it to other people. I've seen, you know, as low as anywhere from 10,000 to 50, 60, 70. So yeah, I guess there is, there's a spectrum. And as you say, because you've used such high quality, quality materials and it is you know, very similar to a, a regular home, but, but just a tiny version. Um, I think that's still great. And then also if you think about, you know, how much a regular home costs to, to buy, especially in Sydney or in New South Wales or, you know, different parts of the country, especially in the main cities and all of that. Uh, it's, you know, it's such a, a fraction of that price. Um, because I know for me as well, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be doing a DIY build, at least not, well, not for my first home. And then we'll see what happens with other parts of the home because I do would like to have a hand in and what I'm going to be living in and, and what I'm creating. But it seems to be that a lot of the, the building companies, especially in the last couple of years with everything that's been going on, the price has gone up quite a lot. So it could be over 100000 for uh, for some homes, depending on obviously the features and the size and the, the materials and all of that. So I think 
yeah, what you guys did with that amount is, is really great. So you guys have been in your home for about three years now, and I'm wondering if, you know, is there anything particularly challenging about living in a tiny home for you and what are some of the challenges you might have experienced? Since I've been working from home since March 2020, basically, we have noticed that there's nowhere really private for us to do separate things. And that's been kind of challenging, particularly Matt's really busy with his own business right now and he's getting home. He either stays at the office and comes home late and I've finished working and he stays at the office, finishes work there and then comes home and then we're together and that's fine. But on the days that he does come home early and then intends on working at home as well as me, <laughs> we t- our phone calls tend to cross over, which has been interesting and annoying (laughs) so I think having a separate room that we could either both escape to to make our phone calls or finish our work day um, would have been a lot nicer (laughs) but I think that's probably the oh no I think the heat as well Um, it's it's just getting hotter and hotter where we live now and um, the heat's been a real challenge as well because we can't necessarily go outside on a hot day. Like both of us, like we're kind of stuck inside in the air conditioning. So, yeah, those two things are probably the most challenging things we've come across yet. Yeah, no, that's good to know. And do you feel like with the, in terms of you're talking about like the separation of spaces for a bit more privacy or, you know, so you guys can like do what you need to do or have phone calls, do you feel like that would be something that you do differently if you could do it again and or is there something else that you might do differently with your build or any of the final features of your home I think we would change things slightly I think we might put like enclose the bedroom firstly because of mosquitoes Mm. um that's a war we've waged for the last six months but also for that privacy as well so we probably allocate a private space where you can go like the bedroom and if you want to go to bed early or if you need to work and you need to make an important phone call you can't be disrupted we would go into there at the moment the only room that is fully enclosed is our bathroom and you don't want to make a phone call in the bathroom if you can help it (laughs) see the outsider in the bathroom yeah I suppose it, it seems to be that with tiny homes there is more open space living Um, and unless you actually intentionally build a separate room or a separate space maybe don't find out until later like what you're talking about with how that actually plays out day to day so that's a really that's a really good thing to know and maybe consider for people that are at the beginning of you know maybe planning their build or or what they're going to do yeah definitely if you're planning on working from home I guess when we built the house I wasn't working in a job that allowed me to do that. I was managing cafes in Sydney. So when I started this role and I was told to work from home until further notice, having privacy to make a phone call when someone else was in the house was kind of the last thing on our minds yeah. when we built. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, I think it's also a matter of learning by doing as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think if we, well, we 
helped a friend build a container house and they are able to lock their bedroom door and looking at what we've done versus what they've done and ha- being able to do that um, next time, it's definitely going to be on the list of must-haves for sure. Nice. So I'm curious, what's one of the best parts about tiny house living for you? I like the tiny house because it's a much more cosy feeling space. Like I don't feel, although we've got things and knickknacks in our house um, and more by the year that we live here, but I feel I don't feel obligated to fill those spaces with anything. I feel like I have just what I need and I don't need anything else. I don't need spare rooms. I don't need things, material things. I like the fact that we're both saving money by not buying random things. I like that cleaning only takes me half an hour to 45 minutes on a bad day and not two hours <laughs> or every second or third day to clean the entire house. I like the warmth that a small house brings. I find that sometimes bigger houses, even though they may be nicely designed or nicely sort of spaced, there's some houses are just cold. Oh, and I like to spend more time outside. So I guess having a small house means that you can't really be inside to do something. So you're obligated to spend more time outside. Great. And I really loved what you said about not needing to fill extra space and not needing to buy extra things and not and and I guess living within your means essentially is what you're saying so only really having what you need and I resonate with that a lot because I feel like even before being interested in tiny homes for years I've always been this kind of minimalist and living by those types of principles of having I mean, we all have things that we enjoy and, you know, our comforts and and those types of things. There's definitely nothing wrong with with any of that. Um, But for myself, I've I've thought for a really long time, you know, what's functional, what's practical, what's necessary, and and maybe even what's meaningful and brings joy, you know, those types of things, and then not needing to or not wanting to build up and, and clutter the space and life with with more material things. So I think that seems to be, you know, very much in alignment with this whole tiny house lifestyle, this minimalist type approach. And I think it's also a good reminder of, I guess, like what makes us human and what's most important to us. At least for me, it's not material things. It's, it's other things yeah. like what you're talking about with being able to spend time outside and in nature and just having a really nice place that you can call home where it doesn't need to be anything fancy. It can be a smaller space and you can still have everything that you need and still feel just as at home. Yeah, just having like a little place that you can call your home. And so you talked about some of your favourite parts or some of the best parts for you. What about anything that's your least favourite part about living tiny? I think the hardest part about living in a tiny house is even though it's an easy space to clean, it does get messy very quickly as well Um, and it can get very cluttered very quickly, even if it's your basic day-to-day chores. Um, Like at the moment I've got 
a washing basket of washing that needs to be folded and put away and it's been there for probably only a couple of hours but in that couple of hours my tiny house has gone from a nice comfortable clean space to there's clutter (laughs) I find that really difficult and something I don't enjoy like being able to having that there um but also having pets in a small space is also quite challenging as well like we did accidentally get quite a large dog and he tends to take up a lot of space um and the cats there's a lot of cat dander which I'm allergic to so you know having that small space we are we do get very messy and very cluttered very very quickly given the chance I guess it's almost like there's no there's nowhere to hide, is there? No, <laughs> in there's the small no space. Like, we've got a wardrobe, and you can only shove so much stuff in there before <laughs> it starts to come back out again. So, yeah, it's probably the hardest part, I think. I guess it's like a dance. I've- yeah, just getting used to having things having its place, and yeah, there's always always things to adjust to, I suppose, depending on your situation. And you know, I'm wondering as well. There's two of you living there. What has living in a small space like your tiny home done for your relationship? Yeah, I think for our relationship, it's allowed us to be physically close without the obligation to be at each other all the time as well. Like we are forced to sit beside each other in the house, but we we can do two different things. Um, Whereas I think if we were living in a normal house, we would be physically apart as well as being, I guess, mentally apart as well. Um, And I think being in the small space, we're very comfortable being next to each other but doing two totally different things, whether one's watching television and I'm listening to a podcast or reading a book or something like that. I like that about the tiny and what it's done to our relationship. I feel like it also, it can, and it does occasionally put a bit of strain on our relationship, particularly with also being in that small space, um, having the washing sitting on the floor bugs one of us, say, more than the other person. (laughs) And that can kind of create a little bit of tension if you already had a rough day at work or whatever and you come home and something's not, the chores aren't done or um, there's something on the floor that could have been picked up and put away, it kind of puts a little bit more tension on the relationship there. So it it definitely has its perks. Um, But I guess you'd encounter that in even a normal house as well. Yeah. And have you found that because you are living in a small space, that, you know, if there is anything that comes up, any tension or friction or anything like that, that it almost forces you to unpack it and deal with it there and then or in a shorter time frame because maybe there's not necessarily elsewhere for for you to maybe take some time apart and separate and go through your own process and then come back together and talk about it. I mean, I guess you can go for a walk and stuff as well, but yeah, I'm just wondering what that aspect is like. Yeah, definitely makes us tackle those things a lot sooner than I think we would normally if we were living in a normal in a bigger house. Um, Because yeah, like you said, you aren't able to escape. 
you're still in the same kitchen, you're still in the same lounge room, you're still in the same bedroom. Yeah, we are able to go for walks and go for a drive or spend time outside and that sort of physically distances us enough that we can take that time to ourselves and sort of reflect on what the issue was. But at the end of the day, you still have to come inside and you still have to tackle it. And being in a small space, you literally don't have enough room in the house to hold all of that energy inside the house. If there is too much tension or if there's a negative energy in the house, the house, it feels like it takes that on and it feels like it's sort of hovering above you and it can't go anywhere. So you do need to tackle that or talk about it or go through the motions of getting rid of that energy because the small space holds it closer to you. Yeah, I can imagine. And I'm also curious, you know, is there anything that you wish you knew back when you started your tiny building journey that you might have more awareness about now? I don't think there is, or at least not off the top of my head. I think we may have done things slightly differently in our build in hindsight, but I don't think there's anything I wish I'd known. I think I had, before I'd met Matt, I'd done a lot of research and I'd looked at a lot of different concepts, you know, before we even started the build. So I don't think there was anything that I wasn't naive to or hadn't thought about or hadn't contemplated before starting it. That's great. When you're well-researched and then you're, you just go into things, learning along the way and being okay with, you know, whatever happens and making mistakes and challenges coming up, but just keeping moving forward. And so as we wrap up the conversation today, are there any exciting projects that are coming up for you this year or is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, so Matt and his company Hobbs Bathrooms they have a really fancy new show home close to us um, where it's going to have a bunch of concept bathrooms kitchens laundries and or pretty much anything basically building related Um, but also attached to that show home is going to be a concept shipping container house or flat similar to the one that we helped some friends build Um, in terms of layout and um, how it's all put together. But that's going to be a fun little project which we hope to replicate at an investment property that we have, doing things slightly different in each one um, and allowing people to come and visit those and stay in those. So that's something that he's working on. I'm just doing my own thing, not really doing much in terms of tiny house work at the moment. I have other stuff going on, but yeah, just sort of doing these sorts of interviews and trying to get tiny houses on the mainstream <laughs> more so than they already are. Yeah, definitely. And I, I have seen them popping up a little bit more in, in the mainstream and hopefully you know, that continues to happen so that more people know that of this option because I think there's a lot of people struggling out there when it comes to, to homes and you know even just the finances of living. So So I'll link to everything in the show notes and I'll include the link to Matt's bathroom and renovation company. So you guys are building shipping containers uh, to have on your land as like accommodation for people to be able to come and stay in. 
Yeah, so the original concept plan, um, at which is joined, uh, joined to the show home that Matt's building, will sort of be an example of what can be done um, in terms of how well it can be done and the quality of materials and things like that. And you're not necessarily restricted with height, weight and length in the same way that you are with the tiny house. So for someone who's looking for something a little bit more permanent, that's a great concept. The ones that we'd love to put on our other block of land is for people to, yeah, try before they potentially buy. If you've got a partner or family who are potentially sitting on the fence and not sort of supporting you or not into it as much as say you are, it's an opportunity for you guys to go and stay in it for a couple of days to a week and actually see what it's really like living in a small space. Yeah, sometimes it's not until you actually go and experience something. And I, I guess this is like anything in life, right? It's not until you go and experience it for yourself that you're like, oh, you have this a deeper insight into to what something could be like. Because I know from the outside, it can be for a lot of people. I even saw this come up on a, a Facebook comment the other day on a tiny house page and someone said, would anyone actually choose to live in a tiny house or a small space if it wasn't out of necessity? Obviously, there are people that, that do that and then there, there can be that perception of well, why would anyone want to go do that if they didn't have to? So I think it's cool to be able to give people a taste of, of that and uh, see, yeah, see what it's like. And it's not going to be for everyone, but it's really nice to to try before you buy or even to just, I guess, get other people uh, more in the know about all of this. Yeah, I think also it's based on obviously everyone's seen our tiny house and the quality and the, I guess, luxury, if you want to I put that in air quotes there, like luxury tiny houses, like, these are going to be concept houses. So Matt really wants to push the boundaries with how far you can go in terms of luxury inside a really small space. And when you sort of think about design and livability, because I think a lot of tiny houses, particularly I guess those holiday ones you often see on Instagram and things like that, like they're amazing. They're absolutely incredible. But to live in them on a long-term basis, they may not be as, say, functional as something that's designed to be lived in like that. Yeah, cool. And, and Elisa, where can people find and connect with you guys online? We have, obviously, our Instagram. It's at tailored underscore tiny underscore co. Um, we have a Facebook page, but... They're not necessarily monitored all the time. So the best way to get in touch with us is to go to our website and shoot us an email. Um, we have a contact us section there. If you are interested in anything that Matt's doing, you can just check out Hobbs. You'll be able to see any updates there. He's got Instagram, Facebook, um, and obviously his website there as well. So he's got multiple showrooms. And what's the well. website address for Hobbs Group? It's www.hobbsbathroom. We'll look it up and I'll put it in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't know if I'm sorry. That's so fine. That's so fine. We'll put it in the show notes for later. (laughs) All good. All right. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your stories with us been uh, really great and I think it'll be helpful for many people especially if anyone's starting out on their journey of 
looking into tiny house living. So thank you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a fun discussion. Yeah, my pleasure too. And if you're listening to this episode, thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with us and make sure you go check out Lisa and Matt online. And if you want more Tiny House Conversations, I release new episodes every Thursday. So if you hit the subscribe button, you'll know exactly when the latest episode is live. And we'll see you next time. Hey, Tiny Lifers. Thanks so much for listening. And before you go, one of the best ways to support this podcast is to share the love. That way I can keep bringing you more valuable Tiny House Conversations to help you on your own tiny journey. So make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this episode and leave a five-star rating and review. Thanks so much in advance. I appreciate you and see you in the next session.